Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow radio show podcast. I'm your host, Winston Wittes, and I'm here today with a very special episode. Today's episode is further into the three steps of flow. This is uh, more about what is a flow state and where did the concept come from and why is it so important. So um, in the last episode about three steps to flow, I kind of gave you the overview of why I believe it's so important and what it really is, why I'm so passionate about it. Uh, In other episodes of the podcast, I've gone into how I had my first big aha moment around flow and what, you know, why that got me so uh, passionate about the whole thing and, and just down this path. So this episode is going to be, it's, it's a little bit more exploratory into this flow concept, right? So um, I recently was promoted to purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's a, a martial art that I've been training for about five years now. And I really, really love it. It is a passion of mine, and it is something that allows me to get into flow states um, very often, body flow and spirit flow. I get feeling really good when I go there and I get a chance to, we call it rolling. It's like sparring, basically, right? Drilling. And there is, uh, I got the opportunity on Sundays sometimes to be able to kind of host or teach a little bit. And so I wanted to make sure I'm using that time really wisely and being able to try to share some of these ideas with the way that I drill by myself uh, when I'm at home, when I'm drilling jujitsu and ways that I, I approach things. So I'm trying to learn something. You know, I've been a teacher for many, many years as a music teacher, private lessons and in private schools. And I have taught you know, uh, kids, adults, etc. And I, I've just always felt, I felt called to teach after high school or actually kind of near the end of high school. And then I feel like I, I often end up in situations where I am in a teaching kind of position. It's something that I feel, that I often feel drawn to, right? And um, I think one reason is because I like to break things down and see how they might be able to be built back up better or if there's an easier way or a quicker way to learn something. And for me, being and learning from a, within flow states is uh, the fastest, easiest, most enjoyable way to learn anything. Okay. And so that's why I didn't want to say, I didn't want to focus on one thing like, hey, I'm a jujitsu guy and, uh, you know, you should learn jujitsu so that you can get into flow states too. Or, hey, I'm a musician and so I want to teach you an instrument so that you can get into a flow state too. Although I have done both of those things and have tried to kind of build products or trainings around those, or I have been, you know, have taught in uh, those capacities in a sense, that's not that's not going to work for everybody, right? If somebody is uh, not into either of those things, then they might immediately say, oh, well, I don't do jiu-jitsu and I don't play instruments, so this, uh, you know, next, I'm going to go somewhere else. And then I would feel like I missed an opportunity to share this knowledge with that person. So I have to go a little bit more meta, okay? It's not just jiu-jitsu. It's not just music instruments. It is, uh, you know, it's a way of life. It's a way of life. Now, with that, there's, there's a lot of ways of life, right? You could be somebody who's uh, in the military. That's its own way of life. And people that work within the military, you know, they have certain things in common that they know about military life 
that they can connect on and communicate on. And you have got lots of friends in the military and, and just seeing the way they interact and the language that they use. It's a whole culture that I'm not a part of, right? So I can't really, you know, I can't speak the same language that these folks speak, right? Um, and then there's other kind of languages where it's like, okay, well, when I'm with my jujitsu friends, like we have certain language that we're using, right? When I'm with musicians or DJs, we have certain language that we're using. When you're with certain people, you know, when I used to work with teachers, uh, school teachers, there's certain language that is, you know, being used. It's, so not wanting to get bottlenecked or uh, bottlenecked, um, pigeonholed into any one of these niches or in any one of these kind of topics, being able to show a formula that will allow somebody to experience flow regardless of what their hobbies or passions are. That was kind of the vision for me. It's like, hey, I believe truly that if if I'm in a flow state, one, I can learn the thing that I'm trying to learn faster. And I didn't make all this up. I mean, I it came to me on my own. I didn't hear this from a person. Um, but And I also didn't go and research it right away. When I had my big aha moment in my flow experience in uh, New Year's Eve of 2000, I didn't jump on the internet and start researching it. For one, the internet wasn't like that back then from what I recall. It wasn't like what it is today. So it's hard to even grasp that. It's hard even as I'm saying it. I don't need, it's like, was, is that even true? Was there a time before we just went to the internet for everything? Yeah, I think there was. I think 2000 was still kind of sort of, I don't know, maybe it was already amazing. But I think, uh, I don't think it was near what it is today. So. I probably, I think I did know that I could go there and search for things, but I also didn't want to because I'm stubborn like that, right? I don't want somebody else telling me what my experience was or is or should be. That's exactly what I was fighting against, right? I grew up with that and I pushed back, you know? I, I took it, you know, because I loved my mom and I respected her and I knew, knew that she was fighting tooth and nail for, for uh, my brother and I to to be able to go with her to her church right there's a lot of conflict in our household about that and the thing was is you know neither of us really wanted to go right um but you know my mom wanted it so bad and she was so upset and you know so much guilt around this whole thing that it was like ah, yeah I'll, I'll go you know shoot you know like i don't want it just to be dividing our family the way it was, right? Because it was very, it, it literally divided our family. And um, so it was not a fun experience, this whole religion thing growing up. And so it was very much against people telling me what to do. Not in authority, you know, just from an authority position, but like, you should believe this. And this is it is. And yeah, I don't have facts around it, but you know, this is what the Bible says. And so you should uh, you know, interpret it the same way that we do, and this is the truth. And, um, you know, just, again, I, I had a real problem with that. So for me, it was all about, okay, I don't want to try to tell people what to do because that's exactly what I what drives me crazy when people try to do that to me. I don't want to try to make other people wrong because that's really not the idea either. You know, everybody's got their own experiences and their own backgrounds and situations that they come from, and so I'm not trying to you know, prove people wrong. Um, and I'm certainly not trying to cause, you know, hurt feelings. Although I used to do that a lot more when I was younger and trying to just learn about this stuff and debate with people and get a better understanding of why they believe the way they do and why people have faith in this and that, even though they couldn't justify 
certain aspects of it. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that, right? That's not my, my purpose. That's, that was all things I was just doing in the learning process. And now I'm at a point where I, I have an experience that I know other people can have doing their own things. And that's the part that I want to rally around. That's the part that is the unifying concept, I believe, that can make a real change for each of us individually, for our families, for our communities, and for our, our countries and our planet. I, I truly believe that. And so that's what this is for me, is, is this big, grand experiment of, hey, here's an idea. Flow. If I flow more, then people around me will start to experience more flow. And if they do, then uh, they'll start to experience more flow. And then people around them, and it will just radiate outward until we're all in harmony and unity in some uh, respect and flowing more as a planet. Doesn't that sound neat? Doesn't that sound like, yeah, that sounds great, Winston. Let's all be more flowing toward each other and, and have more ease and flow in our lives. That sounds pretty good to me. Overly simplistic, probably, and yet actionable. How can we take action on that, right? Because, again, I don't want to just throw out some big concept that sounds cool, but there's no way to actually go after it. And then there's, you know, all the self, the self-doubt or the, the talk in, in my head that, that I was battling, but I'm super clear on now, which was, well, you know, who's going to read it? Who's going to believe you? Why should anybody listen to you? Who's going to, you know, other people have already written a, a book about this, a guy whose name I do not want to butcher, but a brilliant man who's uh, done a lot of work on this, Mihaly, um, you know, wrote, wrote a book called Flow. And, um, you know, that he did all the scientific research behind this stuff, right? And so, again, I didn't read about his book until years later after I'd already been journaling and testing this stuff for myself for years because, again, I didn't want to know if anybody else had already done this. I wanted to figure out my own path and my own understanding of it. And eventually I did find out, you know, that, oh, somebody else has done this and they did it a long time ago and they already did all the research for me. How amazing is that? Because I sure didn't want to do all that research myself. I'm not a scientist. I'm not trying to be. I'm an artist, right? I'm a flower. I'm somebody who um, comments on these things and brings awareness to them and hopefully instills an experience and a method for, for having more of that experience if that's something that you want. So that's my angle, right? That is my whole purpose I come to realize is how can I help you experience more flow in your life if you want that and make it so that it becomes a natural part of your being. And if you are naturally becoming more flowing in everything that you do and all the experiences that you have, then it is going to change everything, literally your entire life, right? My entire life has been changed as a result of this one thought of this aha moment that I'm going to write a book about it, that I'm going to learn how to experience flow in all the areas of my life, and that is my life purpose. And that's why I'm here, friends. That is literally why I'm here. Now, I've got other things I do while I'm here, right? I've got an amazing family I'm very fortunate to have, and I love to spend time with them. And, uh, you know, I like to play music and jujitsu and all these things. And these are all part of my experience as, a, as an individual right? And when I do these things, it makes me happy. And when I'm happy, then I'm more fun to be around, right? If I'm not doing these things, and I get tied up or bogged down or, you know, burn out because I'm just working all the time or I forget the magic of life. And I'm, you know, you know, I used to be very uh, negative about a lot of things and very um, pessimistic, you know, and it was always a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? 
And eventually I learned that. So then eventually I had to test the alternative. It's like, okay, well, I've been a pessimist for, you know, a good while now. And it's always true. I'm always right. I always think the worst is going to happen and then it does. That's kind of an interesting pattern. And at some point it occurred to me, well, what if I just imagined and believed that everything would always work out for me? Would that also come true? And so I started testing it. And wouldn't you know, it did start coming true. It did. And it rocked my world. And I started seeing everything differently. And I started to recognize and remember the amazingness of it all right? The magic of it all. It's like, were we born as a species to sit in traffic and go to a job for 10 hours a day to just barely spend the time with the people we love so we could do it all again the next day and be further and further in debt and fall further and farther behind and be chasing all these illusions of happiness and then get them and realize that we're still not happy? That, I don't think, is what it's all about. For me, that is not what it's all about. For for a lot of people, I I could argue that it is what it what it's about. Although they might not be aware of it, they might not have consciously chose that. That might just be default America, right? And again, I'm broadcasting from America, so this, I'm just commenting on what I see around me. But I think that's a big part of our culture. Is like, hey, I'm going to get this thing that's going to make me happy. Hey, I'm going to take this pill that's going to make me happy. That you know, I'm going to have a certain amount of money in the bank that's going to make me happy. And not that these things can't add to happiness and not that it's great to be broke or anything like that. Just a matter of is it that thing that's going to give you the happiness or the who you become when you are in process of uh, in the journey of getting these things. Can you learn to be happy before you have that thing and enjoy moving toward that thing? Because if not, then how long is it going to take you to get that thing? And so how long are you going to be unhappy for? And what if you get it and you're still not happy? You get to the top only to realize, you know what? I wasted all that time being unhappy, and now that I have this thing, it's not even that cool. Happens all the time for friend, for folks, right? So, so what is happiness? Where does it come in? When when can we start being happy already? What if it was right now? What if just being here in the moment, recognizing the 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 whole thing, is the big aha moment? It's the big joke. Hey, friend, it's you. You're the one that made this whole thing up. The world really does revolve around you. What if that was the whole point of this whole podcast that you've been listening to for the last 15 minutes is for me to get to the part where I say, hey, friend, by the way, it's all you. You decide whether it's a good day or a bad day. You decide whether this was the most inspiring and amazing 15 minutes of your life. You decide whether you're going to keep doing what you've been doing and getting what you've been getting or if you're going to make some kind of shift that could change everything. And it might not even be a big one. It might be as easy as putting a smile on your face and looking in the mirror and saying, I feel great, I feel great, I feel great, I feel great, until you believe it, and until you feel great and start acting as if you feel great, and then the universe starts acting in accordance with your new belief system. What if it was that easy? But it's not easy, right? It's not easy to change our beliefs. We've been, you know, we've got habits. We're creatures of habit. We do the same things day in and day out, most of us. And, you know, maybe not on a micro level, but maybe on a macro level. Maybe there's certain patterns. Maybe you're very fluid. You, you know, work for yourself. I used to work for myself for many years. 
and I had very flexible schedules for different things. But overall, I, if I look back, I probably had a lot of con consistent patterns. You know, they might be bigger, they might be smaller, but these patterns, these habits, these cycles is a part of life, right? And so tapping into them consciously and being able to tweak them to create the kind of life that we want and if we want a more flowing life, then there are definitely things that we could do to make that. And that is what Find Your Flow is about for me, is being able to recognize these points where myself and or others may experience friction and being able to say, hey, there's a tool for that. Hey, here's a book for that. Hey, here's an audio, audio recording for that. And if you listen to this enough times and you practice it or test it, you might find that this uh, reduces friction and you actually start to flow through this experience. And then didn't that just revolutionize your whole day and maybe even your whole life? Because if you're doing that same thing day in, day out, and it was stressing you the heck out before, and now all of a sudden it's a meditative type experience, a flow experience. Doesn't that sound almost magical that this kind of power is within your reach now to think that, hey, what if everything in my life came down to these patterns and these ideas and the things that we do on a daily basis becoming the things that we experience out there in real life and how can we you know tweak this thing to make it more the experience that i want how can i be aware of the points that i'm not happy so that i can make a change in some way to get it to where i can maybe uh, appreciate or experience less friction with this thing that is the whole purpose of this whole grand experiment, find your flow. Whatever your flow is, I want to help you find it. Maybe you've already found it. So then I would want to help you to help others find it. Because it's, it can't be, I, I have gotten, I'm, you know, good at doing a lot of things myself. I work well by myself. I can, you know, lock myself off in a corner or in a box and work for hours and hours and hours. And I've done that for many years. And, uh, you know, there's, there's pros and cons to that, right? Now I work with the team. I've got a whole team of people, teams of teams of people that I work with in many different capacities. And that's a different experience than being a one, you know, solo entrepreneur um, out on my own, right? And it's been a great experience to, one, be social with other grownups, and uh, two, just to, to get used to working in the team environment. So, all these amazing things have resulted as I've grown and changed and, uh, you know, I'm always incorporating more flow practices into my life when I can. And so that is uh, what the Three Steps of Flow program is designed to do, is to be kind of like the starting point of getting to the core of this simple system to be able to take any activity and turn it into a flow experience. And if that's something that sounds at all interesting to you, I want you to be able to try it and I want you to be able to try it and, and really get something out of it. So um, I'm gonna make another offer to you for a free version of it that you can get now by going to findyourflow.com forward slash podcast and then uh, searching for Three Steps to Flow. And this is episode two of the Three Steps to Flow breakdown and uh, there will be an offer there for you to opt in for. And so I won't spam you, friend. I will send you, you know, the free stuff. And then um, after you've had a chance to go through the free stuff, if you like it, I will make you a special offer to buy the full program at a very fantastic discount. Because more than anything, I want you to enjoy it and to change your life with it. 
which is quite a lofty goal, I admit, and that's okay. I'm, I'm standing by it, friend. I'm standing by it. That's why I'm here, to go for the big stuff, right? Life's too short not to. So that is the legacy that I hope to pass on to my kids and uh, to be able to, the, the world that I hope for them to be able to grow up in, okay? There you go. There you go. So until next time, my friend, be fine.